ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I am your host, horse host, following the um, shenanigans we got up to yesterday. Uh, having a great old day with good friends, uh, good company, good beer, great weather and watching the Arsenal. Uh, sadly, that little bit didn't go as well as we planned, but what a bloody good day. I'm joined by my sidekicks. Um, I'm joined by old man Trev, Capo uh, Dan and back in Copenhagen where you belong because you brought a jinx to this game. And I won't have you here again for another Brighton game. You're banned. Uh, we've got Danish Gooner, Alex. Alex, how are you? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm quite tired. Just uh, made it home in time for the podcast. Um, but yeah, it was it was a deflating result yesterday. But uh, it made it all worth the trip, uh, the company, and uh, the good time we had yesterday. Um, I really, really enjoyed the day yesterday, even though the result wasn't what we we wanted. Dan, Trev, we met up in the in the Woodbine. This is the bunch of us all together in the Woodbine. We're all uh, Alex will know because he stayed at mine uh, with his dad and his sister uh, over the over the weekend. Uh, we planned to get there for one o'clock. We were there banging on the door at twelve. Uh, there was the the beautiful Donna. There's um, Gary and there's Victoria. There's Hannah. There's Tim. Um, there's us four and Dale as well. Uh, what what a fantastic fantastic uh, day it was, um, and a, a a good social event, uh, Trev. It turned out to be the best part of the day, didn't it? It was a very enjoyable two or three hours we had in the pub. Lots of alcohol was drunk. Jesus. But it was drunk in the, in the, the one of the best spirits I've seen in a pre-Arsenal game meet-up for a long time. We just laughed from start to finish and uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed everyone's company that was there and, and I couldn't speak more highly about it than it was the best pre-game I've had this season and in a long time. We, it was just fun. It was just good and... Uh, yeah, we've got to lift ourselves, um, boys, haven't we? You know, yeah, yeah, I'm, we did, we did. Struggling here, but you know, it's um, it's and you know, it's it happens. We'll talk about it in a bit. It happens. It's gone. Got to move on. Difficult thing to do, but hopefully we'll do that tonight, eh? Dale's just reminded me of that um, that video, Two Pints Trev. I will try and find it. I will try and put it up. Uh, but, Dan, uh, we've done a fair few uh, boozy days and, and away days and home days and right throughout the season. But for me, it felt like a season end anyway. I know technically and mathematically and everything else, but it did feel like an end of season sort of beer and piss up sort of thing, wasn't it? I'd argue that if you take up until the point we kicked off, it's one of my favourite this year um, for yeah. a number of reasons because joined by by nice people, um, you know, Alex and his family and, and meeting people that have come over as well. The, the pub was great, great chat with great people, a great sing-song pre-match. And um, I think, look, we, we absolutely have to try and take the positives where we can. And I think one of the biggest positives is seeing the sheer number of people just getting involved and enjoying themselves before the game with relatively less at stake than there has been in the last few weeks. But people just getting there and, and doing what they do best, which is enjoying the moment and 
that's the reason why we're there is to enjoy it, right? So doing the best to try and enjoy it. And and it's difficult to pick, pick yourselves up, I think, today. And I think everyone feels a bit like that. But um, I think, as as we said, comments pre coming on here is it feels like the end, but it's actually the start. And I think that's the, the main point to take from it, I think. Yeah, listen, um, as we walked uh, from the Woodbine, uh, I also got assaulted, I might add, um, by a very, very special man. And if anybody's got children watching, please turn the screen away because he's off duty, he's on his summer holidays, but he tried to strangle me in the Woodbine. Uh, I got assaulted by Father Christmas himself. He tried to strangle me and uh, choked me of all my breath. And it just was, it was just uncalled for. I thought he was a kind man. All the kids, all the kids are now going to be having nightmares about Santa having being covered in tattoos and uh, having a bald head. But uh, maybe yeah. Santa's gone rogue. Sadly, I um, <laughs> sadly I failed with the choking bit. <laughs> yeah, you did, you did. Well, uh, by the way, kids, uh, Santa only does that to people on the naughty list. So maybe Fergus, you was on the naughty list this year. Uh, quite, quite possibly, quite possibly. Not on the naughty list, let me tell you. If anybody's got the video of the two pint Trev, send it to me, and I'll stick it up in a minute. But just before that, uh, just after that video, we do a little clip for uh, Sophie and Super Kev on the Highbury squad, and this this is just funny. This sums up how we've left the pub, pissed, um, and walking to the game. And it was just a great, great laugh. Have a look at this. Sophie, guns and yellow ribbons. <laughs> we've had a few beers. Stand, stand up. Just the two. <laughs> just, just the two, apparently. Uh, we're on our way to uh, the Emirates. Who's the one? Who's the one? Who's the one with ginger ale? Who's the one with ginger ale? Who's the one with ginger ale? So, Sophie, listen, we're trying our best. By the way, can, can, we, can we move? There's a car behind us. Just go, just go, just go. So, <laughs> so listen, um, expectations. We've just seen City, the 2 0 up at half time. We don't want to see that. So, 5 0 to the Arsenal. 5 0 to the Arsenal. 5 0 to the Arsenal. Take it all day long. And they're, they're missing some players. They're missing um, March. We don't care. Um, and the... <laughs> oh, I give up. It's a sunny, sunny day in North London. We've just been on the marble steps and taking some photos. We've got some Alex over from Denmark and his family. And uh, we got a ginger in tow, and we got Trev. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> so he's on watch today, Trev. Yeah, he's on what? Yeah, he's, um, he's got over two pints. I'm gonna have a beer in a minute. <laughs> um, I am first one, yeah. yeah. Um, There's one thing I'd like to say. We love you, Arsenal. We do. We love you, Arsenal. We do. We love you, Arsenal. We do. Oh, Arsenal, we love you. We love you, Arsenal. We do. We love you, Arsenal. We do. We love you, Arsenal. We do. Oh, Arsenal, we love you. That was bloody hard work. That was meant to be a professional um, a little bit of a piece to camera for uh, the Highbury Squad, which is a very big podcast. And you guys let me down. But it was hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, let's look at, at the game. Well, First of all, as I said, we 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 met uh, Victoria. We met Gary, which is uh, your dad, um, and he he came, he came to my local pub, and you uh, tried to live up to Lewis Dunford's um, uh, North London Forever song. What did you have, Alex? I had a double pie and mash and liquor for the first time ever. So I'm a proper uh, Londoner now. Yeah, and you say weather now, don't you? Weather, 
weather. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Listen, um, as we know, the Everton-Man City game didn't go our way. Um, it wasn't really much of a surprise. I think it was a little bit of hope from us all that, you know, Goodison isn't an easy place to go. But hey-ho, that's the way it was. Look, And I think... I mentioned about uh, a wounded lion last week and many people uh, took the piss out of me in the in the chat. But Brighton did come to us as a wounded, some sort of animal. And it ain't David Attenborough all over again. But, you know, they did come after losing uh, 5-1 against Everton the week before. The lineups were changed. Let's have a look at the lineup. Uh, have I got the lineup in here? I bet I haven't got the bloody lineup again. I do have it. I'll have it in a second. Um, oh, can you, the lineup... can you find that comment quick first? I think we oh. have to address uh, Dale's comment. Yeah, we do. No, I think Alex, you you can you can address that one. <laughs> um, the the spunk Dale is referring to is not my actual spunk. It's um, <laughs> it's it's some Danish sweets uh, called spunk, and it's got a different meaning in in Danish. So, so that's what Dale's referring to. All right. So if anybody sees Dale's um, <laughs> comment, you now know. <laughs> he, he he was very partial to a bit of it though, wasn't he? He did say he did like it, and he liked it a bit too much, some... didn't he? Yeah, Dan had the red ones. I'm thrown. I'm completely thrown. I can't believe that comment's made it onto the podcast. <laughs> Listen, the lineups, there was a bit of a change. KT started ahead, ahead of Zinchenko. It's his only his second Premier League start since 20, uh, of 2023. Uh, Jorginho in for party. Uh, Trev, what did you make of the lineups and how did you feel about the lineup? I don't think we had much of a choice with City uh, nursing a, a knock and an injury. Yeah. It was it's, it was the side we expected when it's Zinchenko was injured, so Tierney had to come in. Um, Jorginho for party, I expected that would be the case. Um, and then the three up front with Odegaard just behind that haven't let us down all season. Um, and and I didn't think they'd let us down again. I genuinely thought we would beat Brighton, but I have to say that I underestimated what a good football team Brighton are because I don't think. They gave us a look in. I think we were beaten by a better football team on the day. They didn't allow us to play. And, and I'll give credit where it's due to Brighton. They, they 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 played the game they needed to play to beat us and they done the job. And, you know, I'm, I, we said earlier about we can't be angry. Um, I'm not angry at why our players did on the field. They came up against an opposition. I'm just a, an opposition that were better on the day. I'm just a, such a bad loser, me. Such a bad loser that it just it just sends me off on a tangent of anger, and I know it shouldn't happen, especially not at my age. But I was just angry that we got beat yesterday, but not not angry with with what. I mean, I can't get angry with what I see from Arsenal. I never can. Maybe I should sometimes, but I never can. But I did think before we move on and before I forget about it, I thought that Brighton played as well. They played us at a game that needed to be played, and, and they played well. In fairness. And they did try and rough us up a little. I know that there was um, there was talk about this um, this tackle by um, Martinelli. It's an elbow into um, um, Minotu, is that his name? Uh, the Japanese um, player. And he takes him out. And I, if I'm honest, I am surprised that there wasn't a card issued for that. Dan, what did you make of that, that actual challenge itself? I don't think, it was, I'll, I'll add, I don't think there's anything malicious in it. Oh, I'm surprised it's not a card. I think it's a yellow card. Um, but I'm also not surprised the IR didn't intervene um, because they can only intervene for a red card. So, um, so much so that you only see that by watching the game back in full. And when you look at the extended highlights, it's not even included. And I think it's not included for a reason. Um, 
I don't believe, like you said, there's anything malicious in it. And it happens, but that's that's the sort of thing that we're starting to see more and more of that, as they used to say, or as Wenger used to say, is an orange card, not a yellow, not a red. Um, you've got to be careful. I think, yeah, for me, not, not quite a red, so I'm not surprised it's not intervened. And three minutes later, um, there was a foul made on Martinelli, uh, and that was made by Caicedo. Uh, it's this one here. Was he taking retribution for his his play uh, his his playmate on 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 the pitch? Um, Alex, what did you what did you make of the the tackle? Now I saw that I saw that as a very cynical foul. Uh, you can see the way uh, Martinelli's ankle is twisted underneath Caicedo, um, Caicedo, um, and. Um, Surely that should have been, again, could have been a yellow, red, orange. Alex? Yeah, I think uh, both Martinelli should have had a yellow card for the first one, and then Caicedo should have had one as well. Um, and yeah, it was uh, like a tough opening 15 minutes. Um, not much rhythm in the game, which I don't think helped us much. Um, uh, there was lots of uh, stops all the time and, and free kicks. Um, but yeah... I think it was a shame that Martinelli had to go off because I think he was a big part of our game plan uh, for this game. Uh, I noticed he was playing through the middle uh, the whole time he was on the pitch with Jesus playing on the left. Um, and I think it was a big part of Arteta's plan this game to uh, utilise Martinelli's pace uh, through the middle uh, uh, with Dunk not having uh, most pace uh, in their defence. So I think it kind of... Um, sort of ruined his his tactical dispositions when he had to uh, take Martinelli off. Hmm. Um, 31 minutes in, Trossard had a chance um, uh, and, you know, he, he'd beaten the keeper, Trev. Um, but have you... How much do you remember of the game, Trev? Um, I, I remember the, I, the shot was coming off the shot. I remember the shot curling over the keeper and skimming off the top of the bar and I didn't see much of the build-up and... Uh, but the thing is, right? It I I, I can't I, I don't really know what to say here. I'm I'm that angry today that we lost for nothing else. Do we lost? I know it's I'm terrible about it. But obviously, if that goes in, it changes the game. It changes the game. But I can't. I just can't take anything away from Brighton. I just they. I just I'm gobsmacked at how much better than us they were on the day. I'm not saying their players are better than Arsenal or our players are awful and theirs are good. I'm just saying that on the day, I didn't feel that we would win the game from about the 10th minute onwards. It was one of them days, you know. And uh, I know we'll be back. We'll be back next week and we'll probably turn Forest over and then we'll probably beat Wolves. And then we'll finish second in a league where Man City are, are levels above. They're going to win. Is it five out of the last six? Man City are one, so... That tells you what's going on there, you know. So, um, we're going to finish second. I'm angry now, but at the end of the season against Wolves, I'll still be in there an hour after the game, probably thanking the players for their contribution this season. Because mm. they've given me many days of laughter and happiness after a game this season. And very, very rarely a feeling like I'm feeling today. And if you go back in time a year or two or three, I have many days feeling like today. Many, many, many days feeling like today. And and that's been turned around completely. So, you know, 
I'm happy with, with what I've seen this season, just still struggling with yesterday. Maybe no, it's all right. Maybe it's all that. <laughs> You're just cantankerous. That's all it is, Trev. Uh, Dan, um, uh, Trev mentioned that he thought from about 10 minutes in that uh, this game wasn't going to work out for us. Was that because we lost the midfield uh, territory uh, quite a lot? And, and the, the fact that um, Jorginho wasn't as strong as he was against Newcastle, uh, Zinchenko wasn't in that position, uh, bolstering and allowing Shaka to move up the pitch. And when Party came on, he was the party that wasn't great rather than the great party we've seen a few times this season. I didn't quite feel the same, in all fairness. Um, but then so you're asking me, and I always think we're going to win, right? Let's be honest. I don't think I've ever really thought that we're not going to win. So I think we lost the game because we lost individual um, individual battles. You know, when you don't win your 50-50s, those small incremental parts mean you don't win the game. And I don't think any one player is to blame. Um, I saw a few comments saying about the players didn't put um, the effort in. I couldn't disagree more. I, I think those days are completely gone of the players not putting effort in. And um, not once have I come away feeling like the players have not tried. And that is a fantastic position to be in. And I think something we should all be proud of, of where the club's come from and where it's gone to at the minute. And, and as we said, uh, as I said earlier, it's, it's the start, not the end. Um, you know, Mick Arteta said he apologises to Arsenal fans for letting us down. And, you know, I'm not going to take credit for this comment because it's just someone else's comment. But they said, no, boss, you didn't let us down. You picked us up from the gutters and made us top contenders. We're proud. And that can't sum it up any better. I've literally got nothing else to add to that comment because that sums up exactly as we should all be. We're all feeling gutted for many, many reasons. And we all show our emotions in a different way. But that should be the takeaway once all of this sort of dies down. Uh, we've got to start a question, which I'll come back to in a minute. But just uh, 51 minutes in, uh, there was... Um, uh, let me just have a look at that one first of all. Sorry, uh, Trev, because you mentioned it to me. Uh, yeah, we'll come back to that one because that is a topic I've got on there. Um, so 51 minutes in, uh, we conceded our first goal. Uh, some people were quick enough on Twitter to uh, start um, criticising Kivior. And uh, we watched it last night, uh, Alex, on Match of the Day, and uh, I, some of it went in, and I watched it again this morning and, and, and read up some bits and pieces. And there's a there's a foul on Kivior here where somebody goes onto his ankle uh, and um, steps on his ankle and also takes his boot off. And people are criticising um, that because uh, he was taken out of the game and it gave a free header to uh, to the player there in Incise so bloody hell. You know what? I don't want to play Brighton that much more because all their teams They've players, got some difficult got names, names, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> For me as well. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't know what to think of the situation. Um, as you said, we saw it yesterday together on, on match of the day. And uh, yeah, it looks like uh, Evan Ferguson steps on, on his foot or ankle and his boot comes off. Um I mean, it doesn't look like it's intentional uh, that he steps on his foot. So I, w I think I'd be annoyed if Arsenal scored that goal and it would have been uh, ruled out for that. So I'm not too mad, too mad about that one, uh, to be fair. Trev, uh, actually, Dan, do you not think that they might have used VAR to look at that to see, like, you know, if a foul had been committed in the build-up to to the the goal? Because it clearly was. There was a foul on the player. 
They should do. Um, I, I am of the opinion it's a foul. Hang on. You carry on, you talk. Does that mean I'm talking rubbish? That I laugh. Um, yeah, I, I do think it's a foul, in all fairness. I think, I do agree with you, though, Alex, that if that was given against us, I would be quite annoyed. Um, I would say if you really want to be pedantic, though, technically, I think that's a foul. Anywhere else on the pitch, that's a foul. And I would go as far as saying it's all so clear and obvious. It would just be quite soft, albeit a foul. I think if the ref gave it, I'd go fair play. But I don't think it should be. I don't think it's a clear and obvious foul, in my opinion. But I mean, it's, like, a... it's what I don't like, right? Is clear and obvious. It's a foul or it isn't, and it's not. It's not half a foul. It's you can't. But sometimes it's difficult with football because it's it's not always that black and white. It's not like either a foul or not. Some some referees will give it as a foul, and some won't. But yeah. I, I... I disagree that that should be the way it is. Unfortunately, that is how it is. I just don't think it should be. Just to to, to talk about uh, this thing, it's called a landline, and nobody ever phones me on it except for my mother-in-law. So what's uh, that for? Never heard that phone. If, if if the mother-in-law phones, that's what happens. And she's phoning in the middle of there, uh, in the middle of the podcast. Listen, there was another weird goal. Was the Odegaard goal? All three goals. Look, let's. I I don't think it's even worth going through the uh, the whole game line by line because it's. It is what it is. We were outplayed uh, in the game. Trevor's not interested in 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 talking about well, whatsoever. Were we were outplayed though, Ferg. Really, were we were outplayed. I think. Look, we were. I, I think we were. You know. You know what the disappointing thing for me was, and and maybe we can talk about that is the the performance that we put in was so mature and so look how we grew up in Newcastle the week before, and very much the same side, um, just didn't seem like they 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 were up for it as much. Do you think that they saw the Everton result beforehand and maybe they felt, well, you know, it's going to, it's a huge, it's a huge uh, uh, mountain to climb. Trev, what do you think? I think that it, that, that thought actually crossed my mind today. That, that actually crossed my mind. That thought had Arsenal players seen the city result and it would, and it had lowered their performance levels. I would hope that that's not the case. I would think that that's not the case. But it's something that, that that's you know we mentioned because it happened. Um, I honestly think that we just went out on the day and we were on the day, on the day of the important words. On the day we were beaten by a side that played better, and I can't complain about it. I can't complain about it. I wouldn't swap many of our players, if any, for any Brighton players, even after that game, because I know the bigger picture. I've seen the bigger picture. But it is getting to be a bit, a bit, it's not worrying, but it makes you start thinking, right, that we have played that badly as we played the whole game yesterday, right, in in, in previous games, but only for certain parts of the game. Like, you take Liverpool, we went, we played brilliant for the first 20 minutes, half an hour, then we didn't play so well. You know, you take West Ham was very similar. You take Southampton, we, we just didn't kick off the game at all well, and then we played really well at the end of the game. Yesterday we seemed to have that bad period for the ninety minutes. I just felt that we weren't in it, and and um, you know, and that's it. I can't say any more today. I'm normally got too many words, and you're telling me to shut up, Fergus, and 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 I like shut that. Up, Piss off. Today I've just got <laughs> um, today I've just got to say that Brighton did a job on us, and and Dan hit the nail on the head just now. Absolutely, perfectly, the nail on the head. And we should save this line until the end of this podcast because it's the most important line you're going to hear all night. 
what we have to remember is when you're in a mood like I am now or any of you lot are in, this is just the beginning. Yeah? This ain't the end. This ain't the, the pinnacle. This is just the beginning. Young team, young manager, beginning. Let's see what we do next season, eh? Let's see what we do. And a huge influence on our season um, uh, this season was uh, the French uh, Rolls-Royce of, um, of a player. So the ladies they uh, cracking up for uh, Saliba, and yeah, they were all hanging when, off me. The ladies, they know. Yeah, it yeah, that's just it's just typical. Look, look, uh, the, the way that we we perform with Saliba in in, uh, in in a game versus say Rob Holding as an example. Here's some of the stats, Alex. Uh, what's your thoughts on how losing Saliba? Um, has affected us, and also the reintroduction of Gabriel Jesus, Jesus, who was really, really good at the start of the season, and um, who was um, who has been still good uh, as, when he came back, but he needs to score more goals, as Danny said. What, what's, what's your thoughts on Saliba Jesus? Um, yeah, first of all, I think we have really missed uh, Saliba, and that's the difference between us and City at the moment is that uh, when we uh, lose one of our key players like Saliba has been all season, uh, they've got someone just as good where we just haven't at the moment. Uh, Kivior's been he's been pretty good the last three games he's come in, but he still needs time to adapt uh, and get into the team. But um, yeah, I saw a stat yesterday saying that in the first twenty-five, no, 28 league games with Saliba, uh, we conceded 25 goals. And then the last... Eight games without Saliba, we've conceded 17. So that's almost as many in eight games as we had in 28 with Saliba. So I think it's quite evident that we really miss him uh, in our defence. And um, and yeah, we just don't have the depth that City has when, we miss, when we're missing one of our key players. Um, and then in regards to Jesus, um, I don't think he'll ever be like... Uh, a goal scorer like Haaland is. Um, he's got more to, to his game than that. I don't think he'll get much more than 20 goals a season. Um, I agree, he could have scored more more goals uh, towards the end of this season. Um, there has been some moments where he hasn't been clinical enough. Um, but what I like about him is he, he does so much more than score goals. Um, and he's got so much more to his game than that. But I think that's something we... We could look to add this summer uh, like a proper goal scorer, n- number nine, who uh, will just score goals and uh, and maybe come in and change the game uh, if we need that next season. Dan, do you think the loss of um, Saliba and then the reintroduction of Jesus has messed with the equilibrium of the squad? Because, uh, you know, the way we play out from the back with Saliba, as an example, with and without him, you can see... Uh, where the um, where the attack is going, it it has to move over more towards uh, Zinni, and that's down to like the um, the 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 capabilities of Rob Holding, who likes to put the ball more central and more sh- short and simple pass, rather than Saliba was more um, more varied with his passing. 
I think we've, we've already we've, we've sort of touched on holding enough, and I think Bonnie didn't play yesterday, so I think it's unfair to. to I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going into holding. I'm going the difference with losing Saliba and then also Jesus coming back in. My my criticism with holding is the way we've played out from the back. Okay, and I, I feel like when Kiwi has come in, that has changed a bit. But I think the one thing we're overlooking, right, is that these players are human just like anybody else. And they're not only human, they're young. Okay, and they've not gone through the same experiences that so many top-level professionals have that are in their 30s, right? So there are going to be things that affect this team more than we can even comprehend. And just losing Saliba without the ability that we've lost, because he's an unbelievable player, but mentally to have someone that you quite clearly trust so much in that team to not be there, I think he's in their minds. And I think it, it does play a big, big role in, in the way we play. You could bring in someone that was exactly the same as Saliba, but without his name. And I think it would affect them mentally. And I think that's that's probably where I would say we need to grow as a team is is our mentality a little bit. But you, you have to expect that with such a young side, right? And I feel like I feel like the criticism of the team at the moment today has been has been too much for me because and, and I feel like the team needs to be defended a little bit more because we, we, we're not criticizing on here. No, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying you guys, but I, I think in general that the feeling around this team is okay. Is, Dan's is too right, negative. Dan's I, right. I genuinely think it has been right, and I, I feel like th- th- this team has put effort in. This team has put effort in all season, and I haven't seen a single change in that effort. Maybe there are other factors that have affected this team. Maybe they've got tired physically, mentally. Maybe it's too much for such a young young side. Maybe the squad isn't big enough. I agree with all that. But yesterday wasn't because of that. Listen, yesterday we come up against a side in Brighton that just like last week against Newcastle, when we were up for it and we won our 50-50s, they were the same against us. And very, very fine margins affect results. And that's what affected yesterday. But that 3-0 scoreline is a massive exaggeration. And people are going to look at that and say, Arsenal got battered. We didn't get battered. In the first half, I would argue we had the better chances. I think Brighton had a very smart game plan. They played the ball around very well in their third and, and in their half, and they were quite direct over the top, and they hit us probably where it hurt. They scored two late goals, and that 3-0 defeat, for me, changes people's view of how we are and how we played. If that was a 1-0, I don't think they'd be over-exaggerating um, over like they are for a 3-0. And that 3-0 came from a young squad that got disappointed and dropped off at the end. Dan, Dan I, I do agree with you. And, and to a certain degree, we're talking about done with yesterday, to a certain degree. It was more like Arnie, but a, a question up there. And I, I do, do you think... Well, do you want to put that question back up, Trev? Where is it? I can't, I've not started, mate. Keep talking, I'll find it. But I want to come back to... Uh, on Dan's points in a minute because he's yeah, I mean, yeah. Arnie, Arnie, Arnie does. Do you think when Jesus came came back, oh. we dropped off? And this is what I was saying about the 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 loss of Saliba. Uh, uh, he's clearly made a, a difference in the defence, and we look at home and uh, home wins and uh, conceding of goals as well. But Jesus coming back into the squad, we were typing a role. We had a we had a momentum going. And we're all delighted to have him back, but it seems like we've spluttered a little since. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? I'll, I'll be really, really brief before I pass over to Trev. But in short, I think no. Um, I think okay. without Jesus, I don't think they scored any more goals than, than with Jesus. I think Jesus is a big, big player and brought the team up another level. And when he come back, I actually think he added a few more goals 
I'd be interested in seeing his stats, how many goals did he score before and after his injury? Because I probably would say it's not too dissimilar, I would imagine. He's not he's not he's not been prolific as a goal scorer, but he as as you know that, right? as Alex said, he adds more. Go, Trev, go on. Look, listen, right. First the first point that we, that we spoke about then was was um the fans have been on the players' backs today. Well, if you've been, if you've looked on Twitter today, all the all the low life has surfaced again. And uh, saying their piece, and they're not fans. They just get an instant block from me. They're not fans. They don't know anything about football. We've got people calling for Arteta's head. We've got people saying the players bottled it. Blah blah blah. And then when you look at their profile, they're claiming to be Arsenal fans. Let me tell you now, they are not Arsenal fans, right? They are not Arsenal fans. They are people that go on Twitter and have no idea about the game of football. We lose one game and they think it's the end of the world. Well, we all know as proper fans that that's not the case. Secondly, the Jesus point is, is is very interesting. It's another thing I've been thinking about today, right, with the um, with the Jesus position. And I knew it was going to be a talking point about whether we're scoring enough goals with him in the side, or, or whether he's committed enough, and whether, whether he's whether he's uh, bringing a big difference to our side since he come back. Well, for me, right, I say. Yeah, he absolutely contributes more than we could ever hope for, right? But he contributes in a very similar way to all the rest of the players up front. For me, right? He, 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 Jesus, Martinelli, Saka, Trossard, they do them slightly different things, but they but they do it all the same way, right? And for me, this is what I've been thinking about today, not about the game itself, about what what goes on around it. And for me, if we, we talk about strengthening our squad, right, we talk about... Um, bringing players in and squad depth. And for me, it's a massive, massive thing to do would be to buy a big old proper striker, right? A big old proper striker. We spoke about it before, but we have to speak about it again, right? And just think about what that does to our squad depth. If you play, if you've got, a, 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 I don't know, a Haaland or someone of that mould, right? Then you rotate Jesus, Martinelli, Saka and Trossard. And then suddenly you think, wow, we've got a very strong squad up front. You know, it changes the whole perspective. One player, yeah. you know. So that, that's been my chain of thought today. But I have to reiterate because I've got it in my head. Do not think that those people you see on Twitter, and I'm including, I'm going to name one, right? I'm including that idiot Piers Morgan in that, right? Because he's just an attention-seeking idiot. We know that, right? And even he's been at it on Twitter today. The bloke is a complete... An utter clown. In fact, I'm giving Piers Morgan, right, a trophy today. I'm giving him the King Clown of the Week award, right? Because what I've seen him putting on there today, he should be thoroughly ashamed of himself. Thoroughly ashamed of himself. And his followers can go with him and get lost. Well said. Well said. I might just... <laughs> Give him a bit of an applause on there. Um, listen, while we're, we're on about... Um, different players and so on. Uh, uh, Lee, was, I, I bumped into Lee Judges um, afterwards and we're having a bit of a chat um, and I do remember one little bit of a conversation he, and he, he he mentioned to us, he said that he was really pleased, like you Trev, he was really, really pleased with how the season has gone. He can see that it's, you know, for the first time in a long time, uh, this team has given him something that made him feel happy and proud about because we haven't, okay, we're always proud to be an Arsenal fan but, it, it, it has been a joy this season to follow us up and down the country. Uh, and they gave us a challenge, a title challenge that we never expected. But the one thing he did say is that Arteta, he called Arteta out on one point and one point only was 
away from home, our defensive record seems to be way, way better than our home form. And if you look at um, the defensive record, we conceded 25 goals at home and only 18 away. Why do you think that could be? Because this is the home table versus the away table. uh, And our home record were third. And in the away record, we're top of the table. Surely... Alex Ferguson and Wenger and many other managers before have said, win your home games first and then, you know, you'll, you'll get enough results on the road, be it draws and wins, and then you can win the league. We clearly haven't won enough home games um, to, to get across the line. Alex, what's your thoughts on that, first of all? Is it a tactical thing? Is it due to Saliba? Is it is it down to Ramsdale not being pushed enough by having Turner as an understudy? Um, I think you could put it down to many things, but yeah, I think it probably comes down to uh, that we play a bit more pragmatic when we play away from home, and then uh, at home at the Emirates we go a bit more for it, and that that causes us to leak a bit more goals. But uh, you said it before, like we've done the difficult part now; we've learned how to win our win our games away from home. So mm. hopefully next season we can make some adjustments. Uh, uh to yeah, to play a bit more uh, secure and stable uh, at home um, and then give City even a, a bigger run for the money uh, next season. Dan, we, we've we seen um, Arteta change tactics and, and change formations and being a lot more creative and a, not the baby pep, some people have said and so on. Should he have not picked up on how well we were doing being top of the table away from home to try and get a better outcome at home, that's a tough one because don't forget other teams' approach will be different against us at home to away. And when we go to a different ground, we are facing a team that's probably going to come out at us a bit more than when we're at home. Yeah, you know, when we're at home, most teams will sit in and try and frustrate us and waste time. So you have to try and come up with a way of breaking that down. And I don't see it really as um, as that being the issue about the way we're setting up. I think it's more to do with it's a point we need to develop as a as a young side, right? Because you look at Man City, they're a fantastic defensive side as well as they are offensively. But what they don't do very often is switch off and then concede a goal. And what we've often done is we've gone, let's say, 3-0 up and conceded a late goal and, and not kept a clean sheet. And I think that comes from a younger squad. Is is and uh, you can't blame everything on being a young young squad. So um, I'm not sure. I'm sure that's not the only reason, but I think that's a, a bigger factor in it than how we're setting up. Uh, do you have any thought on that, Trev? Yeah, well, there's obviously some kind of difference going on. Um, maybe teams come to the Arsenal and play differently to they do at home. You know, when we go away to other teams, they're going to open up a bit more and give us more space to get into to, to score goals. We did, we did um, see Bournemouth and Leeds try a tactic, which is using this, the, the kickoff as a set piece and scoring goals in the first 10, 20, 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I just, we, we just mentioned Man City, right? And uh, I, there's no accusations here and we have to be careful what we say, but trust me, right? Man City, I've, I've I've got this some kind of power at Man City, and it's for me it's got to be for me in my opinion it's got to be money. There's money changing hands. Take it from me right now, right? There's talk about us getting Declan Rice, okay, in the summer, right? 
But take it from me right now. If Manchester City want Declan Rice, Declan Rice will go to Manchester City, right? I'm telling you for nothing. If Man City decide they want a player, they get him. They don't miss out on it. When have you read Man City room for this player but missed out? Man City room. You read it all the time about the other teams in the league, the other 19 teams in the league. That You know, someone was in for Haaland, but Man City got him. Someone was in for... Um, Grealish, but Man City got me. You never, you never read Man City missed out on a player because he chose to go somewhere else. Because Man City are doing something with this, right? And I don't know what it is. I'll, I'll never know because I'm not worthy of knowing. But Man City will buy the league in the next five out of six years unless we find out what they're doing and it's knocked on the head, right? Knocked on the head. Hmm. Listen, I think that was the police coming for you. Obviously, uh, um, Pep and his team have uh, uh, called the police on such a slanderous remark. How dare you say that Man City may have committed over a hundred corruption uh, and get charged with a hundred corruption things? It, it, it's it's disgusting of you, uh, Trevor. Um, another player, though, that since we're looking at different players and trying to talk about different things, is Saka. He's come into an awful lot of. Um, uh, attention from other players, uh, other teams with two and three people on him. We've seen it time and time. We've talked about it on here, um, uh, how, uh, the treatment that Saka gets. Uh, I've said it over the last two or three weeks, is a time to rest him. Um, but what's your thoughts on, on, on Saka then? I'll go to you, Alex, on it first. Um, looking at yeah. Saka, he's at a bit of a drop-off at the minute. Yeah, I yeah. think uh, just you know, looking at the stats and facts of uh, the last eight games, he's had one goal and one assist, and I think he's just run out of gas. Um, uh, he may have needed a bit more protection, uh, firstly from the officials, I think so. Um, I think he's been treated quite rough by the opposition teams and haven't had enough protection from the referees. Um, but then maybe also, I think Arteta should have rested him a bit more, uh, which I know is very difficult with the squad depth uh, we've got at the moment. Um, but hopefully we can bring in some more depth to next season, which will uh, able us enable us to uh, rest Saka because he really looks tired and he looked tired as well yesterday. Um, so yeah, um, he's really run out of gas it seems. So I don't know what you what you guys think about Saka and and his kind of drop off the last eight games. Trev. I think that I think that's correct. I think that we could have done with resting Bukayo Saka. You all know, and I'm not, don't worry, Fergus. I'm not going to dive back, but you all know I have a special connection as a fan of, of Bukayo Saka's. During the war, the Ukraine war. Yeah, <laughs> and I was going to say it's my. But he could have done with a rest, maybe. But I think I, my feelings are that if you get a fifty percent. Of, of Bukayo Saka in a game, it's probably worth 100% of a lot of other players, you know, and, and he plays him in hope that he's, he's going to give us another big performance. But Bukayo does look worn out. He looks tired. And and if you, I've not looked back at yesterday's game, but if you look back at the previous weeks at times, Newcastle, he's getting double marks now. They're working him out and, and Saka's getting, getting two players on him. But, Saka's got two players on him. That should make it easier for the rest of our players because there's a space somewhere, you know. So you can look yeah. at that in both ways. But so I reckon Saka's tired. As, as Spencer's put down, I'm not going to put the comment up for a minute. I've not read it all. Um, 
Saka's played a lot of football for England. He was one of the few players that Southgate kept playing for the whole bloody 90 minutes of a game. Didn't give him a rest. He's played lots of games for Arsenal and he must be tired. And I just hope, I don't know, that there's no stupid internationals at the end of this season and a lad Bukayo can get his sliders on, get his budgie smugglers on and go and have a couple of months in the sunshine with his feet up, coming back to be the player we know he is, right? That's that's all I ask. Uh, to answer your question, there are sh- stupid um, uh, internationals in June. Dan, what's your thoughts on on, on Saka? Um, clearly, as Dan's, as Alex said, the lack of depth in the squad uh, does make a difference. Um, and you know, should we do as Spencer said, uh, rest him and bring him on as a super sub? No, I would say. And I, I don't change my opinion on last week on Bukayo Saka. When Bukayo Saka's fit, Bukayo Saka starts because he's that good. And you look at one other player, for example, Lionel Messi. How many games has he played over the longevity of his 17, 18-year career? How many times has he been rested and missed games? Not that many. Top, top players play every game because they are that good. And that lad has the ability to be exactly the same and should be playing every single game. Don't make the excuse that he's tired. Don't make the excuse that he needs resting. The lad on his own attracting three or four players, he could have the worst game possible if he's attracting three or four players over to him. He creates spaces for others and he creates spaces for the team to go and do what they need to do. That lad gets in that team week in, week out. And I think he starts every game. Okay. A few more pictures of the day just to, to brighten the mood. This is us on the marble steps uh, of uh, Highbury before we've done that uh, video. Uh, there's another picture here uh, of uh, Alex, his dad and his sister outside the new stadium wrap. Uh, a great picture of that. I don't know who took it, but brilliant photographer. That's all I'd say. Absolutely. Couldn't have been you. Must have been Chan. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Alex, you got your sister's shirt on, son. It's a different one, <laughs> but, yeah, but good, good spot though, Trev. <laughs> good spot. Uh, this is uh, uh, Victoria, Donna, me, and Trev um, uh, having a, having a, a slight a light refreshment. And this is uh, the Block Five Massive. We don't look drunk there at all, boys, do we? They're not a little tiniest. Not at all. at all. Not at all. And uh, uh, oh, uh, you- I'll just make one quick comment. Um, just back to one of the comments in the chat, um, just responding to Lyle. Maybe maybe Messi's a bad example. So let's look at someone else because I've just looked at the same stats. Ronaldo, who has also played Spanish League in the Premier League for Manchester United, the exact same average game rate per season. And another top, top player that is at the top level of his career over that 20 years and um, no different. I stand by my comment that top players play every single game. Uh, I, I, I get your point. Personally, I think Saka had looked exhausted and I, I would have rested him uh, a few games back um, and, and brought him on. You could have started Trossard and then brought, brought him on. Uh, somebody we bumped into yesterday, Alex, is um, Gil, Gil Gillespie. He watches the show and he, uh, he wanted a photo with us. And he was he, he was really complimentary of yourself and uh, Dan and Trev and, and even me uh, about the show. So that was really, really nice. It's nice to bump into people who say, oh. Uh, I've was... laughed all day. What's that? Even me. Even Come me. <laughs> Pick yourself up a little bit, Sam. We know you're not in our league, but you are with us. Come on. 
<laughs> yeah, you 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 bolster me up. That's what it is. And another one that you met and uh, who does all these uh, pictures. There's Dan giving it large in block five, uh, and we got Dale as well uh, giving it large uh, block block five. And that's Chan or Steve, as as Dan knows him. Um, he uh... <laughs> never gonna leave me. Is it that? <laughs> no, never gonna leave you. There's a few things that will never leave you. Some shall stay on tour. I'm afraid um, they have to. Even the video. Okay. <laughs> even the video I've got loaded up here. I have got the video loaded here. Uh oh, we all no, know no. what he's talking about. No, folks. Yeah. Don't do it. Do you know what? Say, do you know what, folks? Right, Dan's got this passion about getting fans singing, and there's no doubt he's lifted our club this year. And my missus, my beautiful wife, came to the first game yesterday, uh, first game of the season yesterday, and she she knows a bit about football. She does know quite a bit about football, does Donna, and she was so impressed with the way Dan just persisted and got that crowd buzzing yesterday. It was amazing. And it needs to be mentioned, you know, what 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 happens around there. You go into that game, to what you go into the stadium itself, into the bowl, in a completely different frame of mind when you've been round by that block. You're lifted already, right? So, Dan, it needs to be noted and it needs to continue, Dan. And for me, the, the, now the, this is what made me think about it. For me, my big gripe, right, is North London forever. It sounds amazing. It does a job, right? It does a wonderful job. But if you look at them videos and you look around you, there's still only about half the fans singing it, you know, and it sounds that good. If we, we need to get every single person in that stadium singing that song, taking the roof off every week. Don't be embarrassed to sing it. If you're a proper Arsenal fan, you won't be embarrassed about backing our boys. Wrong word of proper there. Sorry, guys. If you're an Arsenal fan, you shouldn't be embarrassed about backing our boys. Everybody sing. That song, our anthem, you know, it's mentioned on the telly now. Righty was talking about it the other day on a podcast about my, how much it lifts people, right? And we need to get everyone in the stadium singing it. And uh, Dan's a big part of that. So I'll say thank you, Dan, for what you do. You do me heading sometimes when you're in me ear singing because you give this old guy an headache. But I can take that all day long. All day long, mate. Yeah, what what, what Dan, Dan, Reese, myself... Um... Uh, and um, uh, Dale and many, many others doing Block 5 has been absolutely brilliant. Block 25, well done, Andy. Block 25, uh, Block 26, where the Ashburton Army are. They need to be supported. Seriously need to be supported. I'm not hearing some good things about some people in the club who don't like the Ashburton Army. I'll say no more. I'm going to reach out to them. But they need to be supported. They need to network properly uh, because there are some horrible people within the club who have no understanding of football whatsoever that would like to see Ashburton Army disbanded. But we don't. Berg, let me come back on it. Sorry, mate. I'm, I'm embarrassed here. I'm a little bit embarrassed. 
if there's any of the Ashburton Army lads watching, I'm sorry I didn't mention you there because you're doing just as big a job, trust me. It's noticed and you're not supported as you should be. I don't think I don't think some people are appreciating just what a difference it makes. So yeah, I meant every word I said about Dan, but I, I apologize to the to the Ashburton Army if they're watching, because you boys have been magnificent this season. And long may it continue. Right, Ferg, I'm sorry. I'll shut up now. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Listen, there's one thing. uh, There's two things I want to do. First first of all, um, our manager had done an apology yesterday. Anybody think he should have apologised? I'll play the apology if you want. Do you want me to play the apology? Can do. You can do. It means nothing to me. It wasn't needed. Yeah, I was standing here and feeling proud. And that's the feeling that we had. And today is... We have to apologize because the performance that we had um, in the second half is not acceptable. We'll come to the actual performance itself. As far as you're concerned, although not mathematically yet, do you think that's it, the title gone? Mathematically, it's still possible and this is football. But uh, today is impossible to be thinking about it. it. We have to first digest um, the result, the performance that we had in the second half and, um, and understand why and obviously have a very different reaction. And Brilliant. I I think you you said it earlier. I didn't know you were going to say what you said um, about you know what it was. Somebody tweeted it's the beginning, and he's given us some great times. He's given me a great season. I've ended up doing forty out of the forty five possible home and away games this season, thanks to a good network right, of friends. Uh, <laughs> someone that was in the hospital, <laughs> um, but. Um, He's given me a great season, a season to, that I'll, I'll remember for forever. It would have been the cherry on the cake had we won the title, and you know, mathematically and all that sort of stuff. But uh, Alex, what's your thoughts on uh, an apology? Is it necessary, and was that appropriate? Uh, I think for me personally, I didn't need a, an apology. Um, I think I understand why he felt like apologizing because he uh i think it's a sign that he cares as well ateta he's he's a manager who really cares and you can tell from his post-match interviews as well you can tell when he's very disappointed he was gutted yesterday as well um and when when you've just let let the fans down in in the game uh like like they did yesterday um i think it's fair enough he goes out and and apologizes, uh, but me personally, I didn't need any apologizing because, like you guys, uh, it's been the best season uh, I can remember in a very, very long time. So, no need to apologize uh, to me. Trev, your th- your thoughts on it? I know you. Yeah, you said it's irrelevant. It, it is irrelevant. But having said that, if you just flip it over for a second. Um, if he'd have come out in front of the TV cameras and done his interview with a smile on his face and you'd have got the impression that it wasn't sincere, that we just lost and you didn't think he was taking it seriously, then everyone would have been on his back, right? Now they're on his back for a good reason in that he's apologised and no one thinks he needs to apologise, right? But he did the right thing because you look at his body language, you look at his facial expression, you look at not just what he says, right? But the tone of what he says, you know what it meant to him to lose yesterday, right? And at the end of the day, it don't matter what us a lot think about us losing. It's how Arteta feels about losing because he's the man that can make a difference. And he has, I have every faith in a man. I I think that was what he was trying to emphasise as well. 
uh, in his post match. Dan, you can see come back on um, on on the first few points. I mean, uh, just to say about Arteta's apology, I, I agree. No apology needed, but there's a few things that you guys said about you know, and I can't speak for other blocks, and I'm sure there's many many other blocks around the stadium that are doing the same thing, if not more. Um, but I can only talk from my own perspective, right? And and the difference between being a one man idiot that stands there shouting on his own and part of a fantastic fan base that sing their hearts out is all the other guys like yourselves and many other fans that join in. And that that is, I think, all we can do as as fans ultimately, right? And I I can tell you from my own perspective the reason why I do it is because one, I love the club, one I've always loved football and Arsenal since I was a kid. But I just feel so privileged to be in a position to be in that stadium to be able to go and support the team. And that is why I, you know, and everyone like everyone is totally entitled to their own opinion. And I'm not trying to take away people's opinions. But my my own opinion is support means being there, not just when it's going well, but going there when it's not going well. And for me, support is more important when it's not going well than when it is going well. And I can just only imagine that those players that probably just felt exactly the same as we did, because half of them are fans as well. And they've gone off that pitch. And sometimes all you need as a person is an arm around you and you need a friend and someone to pick you up. And I think the players need the same. And this is why I had the opinion that I didn't like to see people walk out at that time. And I wanted to see people stand there and sing, we love you Arsenal at the end. And I guess one thing, look, one thing I didn't pick up, right, is that everybody feels differently after that game and everyone's gutted, but everyone shows it in a different way. And some people just want to get the hell out of there because they feel so bad. And I, and I do understand that. Um, that's just not the way that I see a fan of the club. And and it doesn't mean you're not a fan if you don't do it that way. That's just my personal opinion of how I am as a fan and how I see myself being a fan. Um and I know everyone on here is going to probably have a different view. So it really would be interesting to see how you guys feel because everyone feels gutted in, in a different way. Dan, we, we, we spoke yesterday and we spoke this afternoon as well um, about, in particular, like um, the fans. I put the photo up there of the, the, the drone that they sent up, convening that, that they send a drone up and making fans leaving a football club is a, a, a front page news. But um, I, I, I did find it disappointing to see the number of fans that left early. Um, consider, I, I, But I also understand the disappointment and the dejection that people felt because for me i was absolutely floored a bit like we put the picture of you and trev up at city when uh we lost the game at city and that feeling we've had it a few times this season not many thankfully but yesterday was a big one to know that it was finally realistically gone and that really really hurt i think this twitter sphere and People got very emotional and people, some people said about Trevor used the word proper, a proper fan. I don't think you can say somebody staying or leaving is a proper, not a proper fan. You know, I've walked out of games in the past. I've walked out of Man City at Wembley, the, the Arsenal-Man City game at Wembley when we're, I can't remember what the bloody score was, but it was freezing cold in February and Man City returns a new one. I was done with Wenger at that point. I've walked out when we lost against West Brom when Almunia was like a clown in goal. Um, I don't do it often, but I can understand it. Um, I'm I'm with you. I stood. I stayed there till the end. One for two reasons. One, what the team has done for me this season and the season I've had, and two, I was with my friends as well, and I wanted to feel like shit with my mates around me rather than just standing in a, in a concrete concourse. 
that's that's my take there, on it. there's a few comments there that i think are absolutely valid right and, and everyone does show it differently and, and myself included i'll admit that i was probably wrong in saying the way i said it because everyone has their own view and their own way of showing emotion right some people are good at it some people are not but there was a few comments right and the, the abusive ones i can take they actually really don't bother me but the ones that said for example if you stay there and watch the third goal you're weird what a world we live in where you're apparently weird to stay there and support your team to the end for the third goal, but you're not weird if you want to walk away and turn your back on them. That's how I saw it. And I got, I was quite angry with fans walking up the stairs and, and you, you said to me, you were, you know, don't react. And it, it really, it really, really got to me. And I've, I've been like that all day. I'm reading the comments and I'm, I'm, I start to get angry again because I just don't see that that is the way that you want to, if, if you want ultimately as fans, we, I think we all want the same thing. We show it differently, but we want the same thing. We want Arsenal to win and we want Arsenal to be successful. So if you want Arsenal to be successful, pick them up. Don't put them further down. I just, I, I can't, I, I can't underrest, I can't understand why. Alex, Alex uh, you big borrowed and stole to, not really, but um, you, you, you've had to scrim hard and work hard uh, and study as well. Are you in the middle of doing your thesis and you came over and you watched the game. You didn't want to leave early, but you know it doesn't doesn't make you a better fan, does it? No, I think I think we are uh, all of most of us are good fans and proper fans in different ways. Uh, I know Trev is one of the best fans I know, and uh, and sometimes his emotions gets the better of him, and he needs to go down in the concourse because he can't watch the game in the stadium. <laughs> so it it's just all about emotions and. It's difficult to control them sometimes, um, but I, I really get Dan's view because it is frustrating to see, and I feel the same way as Dan, as in I feel very privileged to go, and uh, when I go, I really want to support the team throughout the, the whole game, and after the game, I want to clap them as well. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, that's not how all fans uh, go about it. So yeah, I think we just got to respect that there's different ways to be a fan and support the team, um, but I really I wish they they'd all do it how Dan does it because um, yeah I really respect that. Mm. Trevor, you know the, the the achievement we've done this season. Uh, we're currently on eighty one points. That's winning six out of the last thirty Premier League titles. You know you've been there, done that. You've been going since nineteen the fifth of December nineteen seventy. I think you said your first game was. You, Is it the fifth? It, oh, what's the fifth? The fifth, yeah. Yeah. Um, you've seen good days, bad days. You've been there in the 80s. And, you know, what's your, your thoughts on on it? And I think it's amplified by the the toxicity that is Twitter. The, the, I, don't know, I don't know about that, for, because you get both sides can, can comment on Twitter the same as each other. Although I do think that sometimes the good get worried about commenting on some of these bad tweets on Twitter. But the fact of the matter is football was started playing in the eight, I don't know, 1860s. And ever since for the first game of football was played, people have been leaving the game before the end. And as long as football was played, they'll continue to to leave the game before the end. Um I don't I don't think they're bad fans. I don't think that the same fans leave the game early every time. There's obviously a few, right? But I don't think it's the same fans like me yesterday I had my missus with me. First time we'd been into London in months and months and months, right? And when we went 3-0 down, I said to her, come on, we'll go and get a beer. 
I, I, I need to spend some time with you now and get this off my chest. And we went and we went in the pub and we had a couple of beers and, and before we did anything else. Next, last week when we played, I stayed there till the end and I was the last person out of the stadium. You know, and I, I often am the last person out of the stadium. But it's the mood. If, if, I, if I think I've had enough today and I'm going to take my wife and have a beer or I'm thinking a, a night game, I get a train at half past 10 and if I miss that, I don't get home until two hours later then. I'm going to leave the game and I'm going to go home and or I'm going to go and take my wife for a drink. And if people say that they're upset with it, I can understand it. But you'll never change it because that's what we do. And that's what happened with me yesterday. The third goal went in. I said to my missus, come on. We don't get out together very often at football nowadays. Let's go and have, get a couple of beers in. And that's what we did. I don't consider that wrong. I don't consider it brilliant. Um, but that's it. You know, we went and we had a night and as I say, last week, I was the last person. Well, actually, the last two away games. There was Man City away and Newcastle away. And Dan and me were the last two people to leave the stadium. So, just goes to show it's it's what happens at the time, you know. So, you're not going to change it. I can understand the arguments, but I can understand the arguments from both sides. I can't understand people that leave early every single game they go to. Um, that's a different one. But apart from that, it's it's what happens at football. It's always happened. And it always will. And people that stay till the end and cheer their cheer their fans, cheer their players at the end of the game, of passionate fans. People that leave five minutes before the end, maybe they're still just as passionate, but they have a different mindset. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I do both. If I have to leave a bit early or I'm in the mood to leave a bit early, then I go. If I'm in the mood to stay, then I stay. Lyle's got a really good point. The difference between yesterday and previous years is those who were leaving yesterday were disappointed. They weren't angry and abusive towards players. And I have to firsthand say that I didn't hear anyone going, hearing anybody effing and blinding and going, Arteta is this, our wingers that, or you know, this this player, that player. I didn't hear any of that. There was a lot of disappointment. Um, but I, I'm I, listen. I, I think enough has been said on the on the matter. It's been an absolutely fantastic day. Go on, mate. Listen, just just before, because um, I can't see what there, Lyle's comment there, right? It's, it's, I've just it's talked important. about that comment. <laughs> you what? I've just, I just, I just put that comment up and said, Lyle has a, uh, made a big, the difference between... I know, you did. It's, I know right. you did, and that's what's prompted me. You reckon I'm a bit crazy in the head. But the fact of the matter is, the fans... I, I didn't leave angry with our players or thinking that we hadn't tried our best to perform yesterday. Even though, break it down into steps, we lost 3-0. We were outplayed on the day. I think we were probably outthought by tactically and we just didn't look like winning it. But I still know in my head that our players were doing their best. And as we all know, that's all I ever ask. And I left there thinking that yesterday. I was really angry because I'm the bad loser. And you boys know better than most. How angry I can get when we lose. Uh, Fergus, Dan, you had to save me at Liverpool. Uh, was it at Liverpool the other week? Or was where was it? Manchester, wasn't it the other week? You had to save me because I was too angry. You made me see sense. Um, but it's it's what fans do. We, we, we should really... Dan's got a great argument. I think that I've, I've, my thoughts are, are equally as valid. And you're never going to change it. You're never going to change it. Or I think it is a situation, though, Trev, just to see your, your side, because 
that's one thing that I think people don't often see is the opposing side, right? Myself included. And I think that was one of the things that me and Ferg spoke about earlier when we had a quick chat was don't forget to see both sides. And look, it's hard to see both sides when you're in that emotion, right? And um, yeah, look, I don't think any of us are saying that people that leave early are not not proper fans. And I think if it's come across that way, it's probably it's not what not not what we really mean because all we want is, I said, the same the same thing for the for the team mm. uh, at the end of the day. Well, you see, Listen, before Jerry's we move comment, on, we've got to go. Got to, what's that? It's the comment I've started from Jerry Brady. Let's put it up. Do you want to talk about that briefly? Because I don't know if you've seen it. I found it really interesting. Don't know. Did, did you see that, Ferg? I, I saw that video, and if, if it's the one I think you mean, is it where the players went right up to their ultras and waited and stood there and listened to the fans talk yeah. to them? All the ultras the went to the front stand, and, and all the players come over because they'd lost and, and had a chat with the ultras. Uh, my view on that is I don't want our players doing that. I don't want our players feeling that they've got to explain to me how they've played. I think they're good enough for me to know on the field how, how they've played, even after that defeat yesterday. But it's really interesting because I've seen lots and lots of different thoughts on it on social media. I didn't think it was needed, but then again, it was done. You obviously haven't seen it, boys. I think I've seen it as well. One of the one of the explanations, or yeah, behind it was that uh, that it was more the ultras uh, encouraging the players to uh, pick themselves up for the rest of the seasons uh, rather than the players explaining uh, or apologizing. So I, I don't know if that was the case, but that that's, might be like an an explanation of the video. Yeah, that's a good take, Alex. It, it, that moves the perspective completely. You know what I mean? If yeah. that's the case, then you are seeing it. Trevor, it's really interesting because I've been speaking to Alex over the last, over the weekend and stuff like that. And some of the stuff that he's uh, doing his uh, university degree on is all about fan culture, and that's what his uh, uh, thesis is on. But it, it's interesting that. The, the fans interacting with the ultras that way. And if you look at last week, uh, we had Odegaard on FaceTime to fans on on the, on the train back from Newcastle. Um, Alex, you were actually going to ask a question last week. I asked the boys the question. Um, yeah, like it was just, uh, I don't know if you've seen the video uh, from last week after the Newcastle game. For me, it was just really, really nice to see that even though we're a, we're a club, multinational club with hundred or so million fans all over the world, and uh, in modern football, it feels like the players uh, are drifting further and further away from the from the fans. Um, so, I just wanted to ask you, like, how did it make you feel to see that uh, that it still seems like the players and the and the and the fans are are so tightly connected in our club? Dan. Yeah, in all fairness, I um, I am pleased to see it. I think in previous years gone by, we had a lot more interaction with players and fans. And I think it was also because it's a different era and you could do it, right? And I think for player safety, you do have to be careful. And I think ultimately, right, the, the ultras in Italy and, and Milan, a lot of that is out of safety for, for players because if they didn't do it, I think there is a lot of the ultras that, that would cause trouble for the players. So, which is a shame because that should never happen. Um at the same time, as fans, it makes you feel quite special to have that interaction with players and to feel like they actually acknowledge that you're there and you're not just someone paying their wages and ultimately 
taking your money they're they're there and they have a sort of mutual respect for you as you do for them so yeah i think it's only a good thing in my opinion mm, trev yeah you it's really interesting point alex sat me on the back side there looking at it in a different perspective and and it's it's exactly right i mean when we weren't performing so well, when we were coming out of games a few seasons ago, thinking we've lost that game, which I don't mind, but the players haven't given us everything now. I've got this feeling in me that the players ain't doing it, ain't wanting to do it for some reason. I, I used to think to myself, God, I'd love to get in there and give a team talk. I'd love to get in there and just ask them if they realise how the fans feel about watching our great football club. And... Stuart, the club photographer, did that this year, didn't he? Did he write the start of the season? And I, I think maybe we need to give that talk more credit than than we did at the time because he certainly let the players know just how passionate the fans are. He was quite stern with them, wasn't he? You know, in a nice way, in a nice way. But he made sure he, he was very factual and to the point about the message he got across. And I think if, if you if you look at that and you look at how our players have committed themselves this season, I, I think it works. I think it works. And as a fan, I haven't felt that in my head this year that I could make the fan the players play any better as a fan. Going no. me going in the dressing room preaching to them, I wouldn't make them play any better. I know that in my head. Whereas in years gone by, I thought to myself, do they know? Do they know how committed they are? Do they know I've spent 10 grand watching them over land and sea this year? Do they know, you know, that I'm not going to, that I, I don't miss a game? Do they know that I cry when we lose sometimes at 60 years old, you know? <laughs> and I didn't think they knew that then. No. But now I think they do. Now I think the players do. I think they give us everything. And I think and that's one of the things Arteta's done the best after he's come in. That's connecting the the players with the fans. Um, he's done tremendous at, at doing that. And, and Ashburton Army are a product of that as well. Um, and they're growing and I think he's allowing them to grow as well. The club are, even though I know there's some trouble, but hopefully they can grow even more and get even more support because I think they're they're just a good thing for the club. Uh, listen, um, we go to Forest um, on Saturday. We dust ourselves off. We go again. Forest are down here in this relegation battle. They're on 34 points. Three points from the drop with two games to go. Get a result against us and uh, they're safe. Probably even a point uh, gets them safe. Trev, one sentence. How, how do we approach this? Would you make... Would would <laughs> One sentence as well. I'm going to be starting using that to Dan as well shortly. Um, uh, how, how, how do we approach this? Would you make mass changes? As we, oh, you're talking about, oh, well, I was wondering whether you were saying, how do we approach it as fans or how do we approach it as players? Um, I think that Arteta does whatever he bloody well wants and he'll have my support. If he makes changes, I'll understand it. If he doesn't make changes, I'll also understand it because you can look at it in different contexts. Um, so all I know about next week is that I'm going to Nottingham, I'm going to get drunk, I'm going to support my boys till the end. Um, and I'm going to enjoy the day. I'm going to be, enjoy watching the Arsenal. But what as for what's best on the field, Fergus, I don't know. I trust me, manager, though. But slightly more than one sentence, but Dan, because uh, you I didn't breathe slightly more succinctly. <laughs> I, I love you know, I talk in just one sentence, but it's just a very, very long sentence. But yeah, it is. Um, 
I'll keep it short because I know we've massively overrun haven't we a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I see a couple of changes maybe for players that have not played as much, but ultimately it'll be a similar approach, right? Let's just try and end the season well and um, do what we can do as fans and be as loud as we can. A win is all we need. Alex, score prediction and we'll go around score predictions. Yeah, I really hope we can bounce back. Uh, I think the the fans travelling up there deserve uh, a better performance uh, from the boys. Um, so I hope we'll we'll get a, a win, maybe another away away clean sheet. Um, I'll go for a for a two nil. Um, I'll go for uh, yeah. I'll I'll match you with that. I'll go for a two nil. Actually, no, I'm going to go stronger because I think they'll want to come out and. Uh, Pollard, I'm going to go for a Trevor. I'm going to go for a 4 0. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Who are you going to now, me or Dan? You're the yeah, leader. Trev. Who are you going Trev. to now? Oh, Trev. Did you say Trev? What? Six um, times. No, I've gone deaf, you know. What? I think that <laughs> um, I think that it'll be an open game. I think that we'll see lots of end to end stuff. Forrest have got to win. Forrest have got to win. To us, it's now, it doesn't mean a lot. I know we can still win the league. 3-2 to the Arsenal. Dan? It was like watching Pickford kick a ball out, wasn't it? <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, they don't count that quick at the games, do they? No. Um, I think it's going to be a really difficult game because, yeah, we're playing a team in Forest that's absolutely fighting for their lives. So I'm going to go for a narrow 2-1 win. But by the way, there's a massive comment in there. Nelson deserves the start. As I walk these streets alone Through this borough I call home Upon the barren fields of ivory Neath the stadiums of stone Through the turnstiles at the angel See the homeless on the green From the Cali to the cross And every shit so in between Past the church, the mosque, the crack den And the offie on the corner See the brasses from the brothel That pretends to be a sauna Watch the bedlam in the bookies See the winners and the losers Seeking solace from their sorrow in the local battle cruisers through the madness in the market weathered faces turn to greet ya hello governor as your mother your right son be lucky geezer double buy a mash and liquor a couple rosy leop chap or watch retired gangsters bicker every day in office calf the little fuckers causing trouble for the causes make you smile you meet your muckers for a couple forget your troubles for a while from the full nil to the hem all the faces are the same Cause the manner might be changing But the people still remain
alone through a kingdom made Boys, of crows. It's um, it's been a great podcast. Uh, I feel a little bit more cheered up. I feel like I got a little bit. Of, it, you know, we've done this against the West Ham game, and it just kind of lifts a little bit of that baggage and shit off your chest. Um, and you know, we talk about things, and that's what the podcast is about. It's about it's about us mates. We, we, we spent the weekend together, most of us. We spent most of this year together, all of us, and. It's quite ironic that myself, Trevor, and Alex, and your dad only met a year ago, and we were saying last night, very drunk, uh, watching match of the day. It's the family, and I heard you saying it yesterday, uh, Dan. It's about it's like our little family. We're all different ages. We're all different, you know, backgrounds and everything else. But we have got one thing uh, on our minds, and uh, that's that's just um, that's just Arsenal Football Club. We've had a lot of people watching us. Um, and, uh, you know, if you do like what we do, if you're listening back to us uh, on audio, go to YouTube. We'd love you to subscribe to us. Uh, we do this for this reason and this reason only. But everyone needs to remember, right, that I'm nearly in tears here now. This is done, You all know how passionate I am. You know I'm a silly old top. But look at the bigger picture, right? We've been getting the press talking about us, good things about us this year. That doesn't happen unless Arsenal are really good, you know. We've had other fans on our backs because they're jealous of us, jealous of what we've done. And always remember, we're the Arsenal. We support the greatest team in the world. Never forget it. Trev, Trevor time was taken up by Dan. He, he we, we nearly renamed it Dan time. Guys, uh, it's been absolutely brilliant. Um, I could sit here for another couple of hours chatting to you for. Um, uh, thank you, everybody who's been in the chat. Really, really good to see some new faces in there. Um, we've got Spencer. Uh, we've got uh, Kevin Treese. Uh, even Victoria. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you enjoyed yourself over here. Uh, lots of the other regular faces as well. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you have been watching an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. If you do like us, go over to YouTube, click the like and subscribe button. Uh, we're here every week and I can't find the music. Uh, I'll pad it out a little bit. Here we go. There we are. Up the Arsenal fuck. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Hang on, bloody team. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Uh, yeah, I got I got a couple of new faces wrong in there. We have, we're still recording, guys. Um, I got a couple of new faces wrong in there. I don't read all the chat. He does that. That's his job, Kevin. I'm really sorry, mate. Uh, just glad you come back. Uh, we didn't we didn't turn you off completely. Listen, I love putting all that chat out there. I love doing that job. But people, some of them were really long tonight. Just keep it to about 25 words maximum, and then we can get them up on the screen. If you go much more than that, we start covering Dan and uh, Alex up, and it don't look so good. Although, the, yeah, just, the, the other thing, if you really want to, if it, you Jeff. really want to be awkward, if you really want to be awkward, put big words in there because I really struggle with big words. Anything longer than like four or five letters, and I'm screwed. Thanks, everyone. Good evening. I'm gonna have a beer.